Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey guys, what's up? How are you today? I pray that all is well and that this message stirs your faith, falls on good ground, and produces good fruit in your life. So you guys know we are in a new series called Trigger Wars, and um, I'm taking you through the process of not only identifying and understanding um, that there are six types of trigger, there are three trigger doors of opportunity that God sends your way, but then there's also three triggers um excuse me three types of trigger wars that the enemy sends to attack you and try to defeat you the enemy does not want you to get your stuff so as you're going or moving towards or trying to move towards the trigger doors of opportunity that god has for you the enemy is always there trying to block your doors trying to send warfare your way to block your passage and so i realized something recently that um i don't know if I spent time breaking down how you, um, what type of groups and help you need along this journey to help you, uh, sustain and fight off the enemy's warfare. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that today if we don't run out of time. Um, and then I'm also, I'll go over real quick. I'm not going to break them down. We don't have time for that. <laughs> Y'all got to just be following this series so you know what's up. Because the uh, six types of triggers, they these are our anchor notes. Our anchor scriptures are uh, Galatians 5, 19 through 26 and Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. There are other scriptures that I read throughout each podcast episode. But these two are our anchors when you will hear me say them over and over and over again. We learn by repetition. I'm not going to keep reading them over and over again. I've done that a few times this season and I'm not going to continue doing that. So you got to go for yourself and read this, these scriptures yourself so that you can understand uh, what you need to fight off the enemy's warfare. I love Galatians 5 in particular because it talks, it actually lists Right before it tells you about the fruits of the spirit, which I call the inner armor, it lists what the enemy attacks you with, like diff- different subgroups and types that the enemy will attack you, attack your body with. So you need to go and read that scripture so that you're able to identify, especially the warfare in your life. You're able to look and see, oh, okay, you know what? Yep, that's that's the enemy right there. Okay, God. So then you can then tailor your prayer to combat that attack so if it's something like for example anger that which is an act of the flesh it's a it's a tactic from the enemy you can then say you know what god i am dealing with this anger issue by myself and i don't want to do it anymore so i need to lay this down at your feet and i need you holy spirit to help tailor my tongue and my temper to help me get self-control and mastery over my own emotions so that this does not happen again so that i am no longer lashing out and being angry at people again you will then know how to tailor your prayers when you study god's word and so galatians 5 19 to 26 talks about the what i call the inner armor 
or internal armor of God. And then Ephesians 6, 13 through 18 talks about the external armor or the full armor of God that says in the Bible. And so, um, before we get started, actually, I almost forgot. <laughs> Let me say my quick prayer and then we'll get into me breaking or me rather reiterating the trigger wars, the six types of trigger wars for those that may have never heard my podcast episode before. Welcome. I'm your host, Andrea from Rogers. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, go back and listen to those other episodes from this season because I don't have the time to fully break down every single one of these triggers as I've done in past episodes. So you just got to go back and listen to the past episodes. Especially starting with the first one, because the first one is when I really took time um, kind of going through this entire uh, subject matter of trigger wars, trigger doors. So go check out that message. Okay, let's pray. Spirit of the living God, we come to you right now. We just want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to hear a word from you, God. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. May this word fall on good ground and produce good fruit in the lives of your children, Heavenly Father. Take away any fears, any cares, any anxieties, any stress, any worries, any concerns that your children are having in this moment, Father God. And I pray that you fill them up with peace. Fill them up with love. Fill them up with your joy, Heavenly Father. People need to be refilled. They need a refueling. They need a reviving, Heavenly Father. And so only you can revive a person anew. And so, God, we just lay our cares and our burdens at your feet. And we say, have your way, Jesus. Revive us. And as you revive us, resuscitate us back into the person who you've always intended for us to be before we were even born into sin, God. There was an identity that you had for us all along. Revive that version of us, God. Let's become a new person when we arise from the mess that we're in today. This we pray in Jesus' name. Get the glory, Lord. May I be decreased so your children will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Be increased, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, real quick. There are six types of triggers. <clears throat> you have three unhealthy trigger wars that the enemy uses to attack God's people. And then you have three healthy trigger doors that God uses to strengthen his people. The three healthy trigger doors, which I like to call doors of opportunity, that God uses to strengthen his people are number one, triggers that reveal truth about who you are. Number two, triggers that unveil the truth about who you are becoming. And number three, triggers that push you into purpose and help you to fulfill your destiny. Then we have three unhealthy trigger wars used by the enemy to attack God's people. And these are the following. Number one, a trigger war that reminds you of painful experiences. Number two, trigger wars that remind you of who you used to be. And number three, triggers that can potentially cause you to backslide into sin. You got to identify these areas for yourself because you have to understand that though your spirit is very willing to do what the Lord is calling you to do and you want to be steadfast and moving forward and intentional about your healing and discipline about your emotions and and your goals but the enemy doesn't want you to get your stuff so the spirit may be willing but the flesh is weak so this is why you have to keep on the internal and external armor of God so that you can combat the enemy's attacks and tactics um towards your life towards your goals to your dreams towards your home towards your health towards your body and so today we have a ton of scripture to get to so y'all gotta bear with me um 
Oh, I didn't give you guys the title. I'm sorry. <laughs> Today's uh, series is going to be something that um, I'm excited to talk about because it's a long time coming. Yeah, baby, it's a long time coming. There are some topics really quickly that I may want to secretly talk about, but then I uh, kind of struggle, even as a church leader, I struggle with the fear of like, God, am I the right person to talk about it? And mainly because I know that I have some very strong views that other people may not share. And a lot of my views stem from the Bible. And so uh, this world does not want to hear God's truth, God's righteousness. And many people don't want to live a consecrated life to the Father. Even some Christians, they like to, you know, I talked about, talked about this before on the podcast in season two. Many Christians like God and Jesus as their Savior, but not their Lord. What does that mean? That means that I'm thankful you saved me from my sins. You saved me from bad um, bad breaks and mistakes and, and hiccups and whatnot and trials and tribulations. I'm glad that you saved me from that. But hold on, Jesus. Hold on, Sealy. I'm not going to make you Lord over my life. I'm not going to submit my will to your will. I'm not going to pray to you to ask you what direction I should go. I'm not going to seek your advice or your counsel uh on who I should be dating or marrying or whatever because I I, I I want what I want and if you think about a lordship in terms of the feudal system in England um or any other country that has kings and queens lordships normally govern over the people they make sure the people have everything that they need and anything major goes through the Lord. But also the people live their lives according to how the Lord lives his life. I learned this actually not just from studying feudal systems throughout, you know, years in school. But also I was reminded, I would say rather not learned it. I was reminded of how this system works in a show. And I know I'm a late bloomer, y'all. Oh, well. <laughs> but I recently, well, not recently, I watched it last year. A show called Downton Abbey. <laughs> Some of y'all like, child, you late. I know, <laughs> but I just got on it. And I started watching it last year. And I was like, this show is so good. I wonder if anybody else knows. <laughs> Baby, I know y'all know. Y'all know the show good. I'm just late <laughs> to the party. And so I was like, wow. But if you think about even that show, anything... The people, even they were, even though they were servants, they had a dignity about them. They had an aura about them and the way they walked and talked that said, uh, my lordship or my ladyship lives in this manner or they carry themselves in this manner. And so they even have an uppity attitude with them and their servants that felt like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't, you're not going to talk to me that, that way. You're not going to treat me that way. I am my lordship's, uh, butler. I am my ladyship's, uh, dresser or whatever they call it. And so, um, you know, we see that uh, even in the feudal system that they have an understanding that whoever is governing over you, you should be embodying and embracing their lifestyle and their rules. But so many Christians don't want to embody nor embrace the rules of Jesus. They don't want to hear and live their life according to God's law. And so uh, Matthew 6.33 is like irrelevant to some Christians. And Matthew 6.33, for those that don't know it, is to seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously. That means live in the way God tells you to live. 
And then everything else will be added unto you. But so many people struggle with that. And so there's a lot of Christians that say, oh, I'm okay with Jesus being my savior. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in trouble, I'm calling on my savior. But I'm not okay with him being my Lord. And so that brings me to today's topic message, y'all. Where I was like, okay, God, you know, I prayed about it. And God was like, you're going to talk about it this season. You know, don't be afraid. Talk about it. Share with my people. I'm giving you scripture to back it. And so I said, okay, Jesus, I'm going to stand and talk about this topic. And it's called the grown folk versus the spiritually mature. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Many of y'all out there say, I'm grown. I'm grown, grown. Yeah, I'm a grown person. I'm a grown folk. I'm grown. Yeah, you got your whole neck twisted and everything about how grown you are in the age because of on your birth certificate, it says one age. But baby, how much do you know that in God's eyes, you are spiritually young? Oh, yeah, I said it. You're not spiritually mature. You think you grown in God's eyes, but no, he doesn't care how old you are because you could be a 10 year old child and have the revelation of Jesus Christ so well and be able to teach the message of God so well that he will look at that 10 year old child and say they're spiritually mature. While the grown folk over here that's 50 plus, 60 plus, 40 plus, heck, even sometimes 30 plus, you, you don't even have the revelation of who God is. You don't even know how to read your Bible. You don't have a prayer life. You're not consecrated to the Father in any way, shape, or form. He's not your Lordship at all. But you grown, boo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you grown enough to do whatever you want to do in this world. Uh-huh. And so the Bible talks about it. We're going to get into it. Where it's like, go ahead. Because I know the things of God seem foolish to you. So that's why you go ahead with your neck rolling and say, I'm grown. Uh-huh. I'm a grown woman. I'm a grown man. Yeah, you grown, but you ain't grown in the spirit. You are like a baby in the spirit. You are, you still need milk. You still need somebody to teach you in the spirit because you have not grown up. Your body has aged, but your man, your spiritual man and your mindset has not oh baby yeah we gonna get into this today uh-huh so let's go to the scripture text i know some of y'all are like is this really in the bible andre because i know you said yeah i know what i said i'm gonna tell you yep it's in the bible so let's go right now get your babas out and let's go to hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 mm-hmm. hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 um and I am reading from the New Living Translation. And so it goes like this. Actually, you see the title for some of you. It, it's, already, it's already like I really could just end this right here. I could just give you the title uh, or, or rather give you the scripture and say, boom, mic drop moment. I'm done. But I ain't going to do that I, mm, 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 because I understand that even them grown folks are still spiritually immature. So you need me like a mama bear to come and feed you your milk bottle and teach you the word of God. And again, Really quickly, when I share these things with you guys, when I'm being cheeky with you, understand that I am not shaming you. I'm not guilting you. There is no shame or guilt or condemnation in Christ Jesus. I'm here to be a servant to uh, get you a alarm. It's like an alarm clock 
eh, 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 eh. That's, that's me. I'm going on saying, eh, 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 eh. wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. See, your alarm clock wakes you up to the things of this world. But I'm here like an alarm clock waking you up to the things of the spirit realm so that you can get your spirit man, your spirit woman strong enough to fight these battles that the enemy is throwing your way. Stop being so defeated and so depleted and so worn out and so exhausted and so tired because of the enemy's tactics in your life. God says, I have come to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think but it's according to the power that's working in you if you don't have God's power working in you then no wonder why you're so defeated baby no baby no not in this season uh-uh it's time for that bounce back uh-huh it's time for that comeback uh-huh it's time to get your warrior on uh-huh it's time to go get your your battle gear on put them battle marks on your face like you see some of the football players and some of the uh, army movies do. Yeah, it's time to get that war cry. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is the season to come get your stuff back. The enemy been wreaking havoc and running roughshod all over your life. And he's been happy doing it because that's his job. John 10.10 10 says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus Christ came to give you life everlasting. And so the enemy does not want you to get to that life everlasting. The enemy does not want you to get your stuff back. The enemy does not want you to live in abundance of joy, peace, victory in Christ Jesus freedom in Christ Jesus so he keeps you in bondage but as long as you keep allowing him to keep his foot on your neck baby you will never get up but let this be your wake up call moment arise warrior my men and my women rise up be revived anew in Christ Jesus and you are supposed to be crushing the enemy's head with your heel that's what the bible says in Genesis chapter 3 yeah, he going to nick at your heel. I have, that's a nick, baby. It is not going to harm you. You're meant to crush and destroy and defeat the enemy because Jesus already did his part. You got to do yours. Revelation 12, 11, we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Don't love your life so much that you are afraid to die to it in order to embrace God's will for it. Be willing to say, come hell or high water, I'm getting up out this thing. Uh -huh, I've been here too long. I don't care if you've been there for five minutes. It's been five minutes too long. Uh -huh, get your fight back so that you can get your stuff back. It's time to go to war in the spirit. This is why God gave me trigger wars this season. Because it's warfare time. Hello, somebody. Yeah. Get that battle cry up, baby. It's war. It's war. And so let's talk about a call to spiritual growth in Hebrews chapter 11. I mean, excuse me. Um, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. <laughs> See, I was getting antsy. I was getting hyped. Like, Ooh, let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. All right. So let me slow down. Ooh, okay. <laughs> there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Some of you out there, like I said, you so hype and happy to be so woke in this earth to say you so grown, you so grown, but you are spiritually immature. 
you're asleep in the spirit realm. You're, you're a spiritual woman or man. The, the spiritual warrior inside of you has been asleep and lying dormant for far too long. Wake that spirit man up, baby. Come on. Get up. Eh, 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 eh. It's time to wake up. It's time to go to war. Hey, it's time to get for battle. Hey, it's time to stand your ground. God saying, "Come on, get in the army, get in the line. Let's go toe to toe with the enemy, baby. Cause not in this season is he going is he going to continue to knock you down? No, devil, no. Not a devil in hell gonna keep you down any longer. Get." up get your stuff back get your fight back get your freedom get your healing get your business get your house get your car get your family revived get your whatever it is get it get it get it this is your wake-up call your opportunity to stop staying down in the dumps no 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 not no longer get up and fight and so I want to go now to the uh, next scripture that God gave me, which is actually the next chapter over of Hebrews 6. And so this uh, is going to take a little minute to read. But before I get into that, I want to break uh, uh, chapter 5 down really quickly that we just read. Understand this. It's okay if you are at milk stage. And I understand that you may be a person who's like, but I've been a Christian uh, all my life. I've been going to church all my life. I've known about Jesus. I've believed in Jesus all my life. And that's a starter. It's just like an infant born into the world. It starts there. But you were never meant to stay an infant. You were meant to grow. As your body grew, you were supposed to grow spiritually. And I understand that for some of you, uh, nobody ever introduced you to faith. And so maybe as an adult, you found, you found out about Jesus Christ. And that's okay. I'm glad you found out about him. But now you got to be intentional about continuing to cultivate that relationship and establish a solid relationship with the Father. I always talk about it when I'm mentoring people. It's kind of like, uh, think about your relationship with God as your relationship with a man or a woman in your life. Uh, and I'm talking about a significant other, not like just friends. But you can also add friends in there too if you want. If you met this man or woman that you've been dreaming about, that you want to uh, fall in love with and get married with, and you got all these big plans, whatever, or even if it's somebody that you just like interested in, if y'all go on one date on Valentine's Day, and then you don't hear from them until next Valentine's Day, do you really feel like you have a relationship with them? Is that really your girlfriend or your boyfriend? No, I know it sounds silly, but that's how many of you are when it comes to faith. Because you only prayed to God on Christmas and Easter, and then that was it. And you're like, but me and God, we tight, we cool. I got I got a relationship with him. He's my Lord and Savior. How? He don't know you. You don't know him. Because you only talk to him that two times out the year. That's not enough. The Bible says pray without ceasing. It says study and meditate on God's word day and night. These are instructions that we're, we're meant to do. It's not through our works, though. Understand that it's by the finished work of the cross that we're saved. But salvation is something you have to work on every single day because the enemy will come to steal, kill, and destroy. You don't know when the enemy will come to attack you. And so you have got to, like the uh, London guards or like the, um, or, or like the, uh, oh, I can't even think of their names right now, um, the Swiss guards for the Pope. You know, you got to stand on guard because you don't know when the battle is going to come to your doorstep. 
You don't know when the enemy is going to try to trick you or tempt you uh, into something or test you some way, shape, or form. You don't know. So you have to always keep your inner and external armor on at all times, standing ready for battle. And when you are already preparing for war, when war comes, you ain't got to get ready. You already ready. You know, it's just like uh, a person wants to run a marathon. You don't just wait until marathon day to start running. Before the day comes, you start training your body to endure running that 5K mile or 25K mile. Because if you try on the day of to start running, you will find you will burn out very quickly. Like they say in runner circles, you will hit a wall very quickly. You train your body for endurance. Even if that means that you're not running that marathon for another year or two or three or four years, you're not facing that race for another for some time. It doesn't matter. If you think about professional basketball players or anybody playing a professional sport, they didn't just start playing that that year that they got signed or drafted. They didn't just start playing it that day. It started from their childhood or some of them might started in high school. But even from high school to college, they trained their bodies every day. They studied the skills that they needed to, to uh, play the game well. They studied film and their opponents. So they can develop a good defense or need or a good offense. They did the work. They trained their mind and their bodies to endure the time it would take to play that game. So that when game time comes, when they get drafted, they're already ready. But many of you have practiced uh, preparing for adulthood. So you grown grown, but you have never practiced and prepared yourself for spiritual maturity to, to practice and prepare yourself for God. And the things of his kingdom. And then you're wondering why maybe some of the things that you're praying about that are kingdom things you're not receiving yet. Because God says, if you learn this text, you are still an infant. I can't give that to you. You're not ready for it. Because if I give it to you now, you ought to drop the ball. It's like a baby giving you a practical example for spiritual principles. Think about a baby, a real natural baby that was just born. If you give that baby a steak and potatoes and sit a fork and knife in front of them, do you think they could eat that? Do you think they know how to pick up the fork and knife and feed themselves? No, they don't. But through training and growth, they get to the point where then they can eat it. And they know how to eat it. They know how to chew it well and swallow what needs be, spit out the bone or whatever. They know what to do because they were trained for it. But first coming out the womb, there's been no training. They're not ready. And many of you are like that today. Even though you may have been walking as you thought with the Lord for years. But if you have not developed the inner and external armor, if you are not living by the fruits of the spirit. And again, we all struggle. We all fall short of God's glory. So I understand that there are some days where you might drop the ball, but pick, pick yourself back up and try again. It says in the Bible that the righteous may stumble seven times, but they get back up again. But if you don't know how to go to God for yourself. You've never even heard God's voice for yourself. You never even knew that there was a Holy Spirit. You never knew that there was a helper, an advocate. All you've ever known is God and Jesus. Then baby, you are spiritually immature. And God is saying today, no more of that. So let's go to the text. Hebrews 6. 
<clears throat> excuse me. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds or sins and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction and in about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move for forward to further understanding. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to the public, uh, for, uh, holding him to public shame. Excuse me. So what this means really quickly is that there are people who, like I said, you, you've been a Christian, but you reject ways of God. You, you've been a Christian, you've been walking with Jesus, you may have even had revelation of uh, the Holy Spirit's voice, but then you reject him. There, There's no repentance after that, Once you, especially once you reject the Holy Spirit. God, Jesus himself calls it like blasphemy. There is no coming back from that. There's no repentance from that. But for some of you, um, you have to understand that even if you have moments of just doubting God, don't reject him. Ask for wisdom, but don't reject him. And so this text is talking about how there's people who have experienced the goodness of God. They they um seen God's work and yet are still spiritually immature. And then wonder why they're not seeing things manifest in the way they want to see them. No, it's like you're being hot and cold. And God talks about that in Revelation 3. I think it's verse um, 14. You're either hot or you're cold. I'm about to spit you out my mouth. That means I'm about to reject you. Because you are in the world, but then you of me. You got to make up your mind. In this day and age, that's why I said we got to get ready for battle. In this day and age, you need to make up your mind. Because as you see in the natural, there's crises all around us. There's trauma and, and, and tragedies all around us. There's warfare in the earth all around us. There's famines and, and flooding and whatnot all around us. And so in this day and time, you got to get serious about your faith and be willing to go gun ho standing in the army of Jesus Christ, no matter the cost. Let's continue reading. Uh... I forgot where I stopped. Okay. Verse seven. <laughs> when the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull 
or spiritually immature and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. I'm going to say this again because I love this part right here. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. This is like an accountability partner is what we're seeing right here. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. You have to understand um, that in order to be spiritually mature, you have to be willing to submit under God's authority. That means doing things God's own way, even if it means that it goes against culture, even if it means that it's something that you really, really want. It's about God's way or the highway. This is how you get to spiritual maturity, but you start small and it grows just like a baby. It starts small and eventually grows to an adult. And so when it comes to even your faith, start small. God may ask you to do one small thing that may seem big to you in that moment. Let's say, for example, uh, who what's a good example? Um, let's say if some of you are saving up money to buy something like God placed it in your heart let's say for example a house you really want a house and you believe that this is the season where God is releasing you to go buy a house or um and so as you're searching around for properties and whatnot God may say okay um because he knows you're on a budget he may say don't eat out today go home and cook don't go get Starbucks coffee go make your own coffee Go uh, drink more water. Don't, don't drink that soda. And you may be upset because you're like, oh, but I really want these things. And though you may have the money for it, it's about disciplining yourself to understand that if I, um, if I, if I deny myself right now, there will be delayed gratification later. I will be so satisfied later that I saved my money now, even though I really wanted this thing right now, but I'm disciplining myself. I am working with the Holy Spirit to continue to have mastery over my feelings, over my emotions, having control over my body to say, you know what? I don't have to spend right now. I can save my money. I can go and make that at home like God's telling me to do, knowing that I'm doing this right now at my home, in my apartment, or if you're living with, living with somebody, I'm doing this at wherever I'm living now, but it's to get to the point of owning my own home. And so, since God knows I want that, and so, since God also knows I may not want a long mortgage, then God says, okay, make some sacrifices today. And they may start off small. The first thing may be, like I said, him saying, don't buy coffee today. Go make it at home. The next thing may be, don't go out to eat this weekend with friends. 
cook at home, do a potluck or something where everybody brings something to eat. And so therefore, all the cost is not on you. And therefore, you're also making food that's already in your house. God may tell you to tailor to do some practical examples and steps right now that seem big in the moment. But once you do, you're like, oh, that was so small. I mean, I didn't really need that coffee right now. I didn't really need to go out to eat this weekend. That was so small. So that when the time comes for bigger things, maybe like later on down the line, as you develop from a baby to an adult, you may get to the point while you're still working towards the house where a trip might come up. And it's a place where you really want to go and your friends is all going. And so you're like, yeah, bet I want to go. But God may say, no, don't go on this trip this time. And you may look in the bank account and say, well, I got it. I mean, I could go on this trip. Yes, but then you're denying what's to come later because you'll take that money that was meant to be used for the house. Even if you feel like, well, you have the money for the house, but maybe you don't know what might break down in that house, what might need to be fixed once you move into that house, what tweaking you may want to do to renovate that house to your own liking and your own taste and your own standard, what type of decorations you want to do and onward and onward. You may even want to throw a housewarming party. But you'll find after the closing costs and all that, that you may not have had the money that you thought you would have had. So God may say, because he sees we live um, from end to, to beginning in a sense. Though we're living it out forward, God is the end and the beginning. So he already knows our ending. So again, he's already up ahead of us seeing what's to come. And so spiritual maturity says, if God is telling me to sacrifice right now, it's not because he don't want me to ever have it. It's just temporary. He's putting a pin in it right now and saying, don't do that because I have something better in store for you up ahead. But you're going to need the funds and you're going to need the discipline right now. Because if you don't develop discipline right now with your finances, you are going to be poor at sustaining and maintaining that property that you want later on. So you got to get disciplined right now with the small stuff. So that when the big stuff come, you're like, you know what? I don't got to spend that. Mm -mm. Nope. Because I started small. You know, and so even for me, uh, I'll give an example because I haven't given a personal example yet. Um, you know, I think about my dating life. That was the first thing that came to mind. And I remember so many of you uh, have been that have been following me know that I've been single for five and a half years. And I'm very proud of that uh, because it was something that I knew I needed from God. Now, I didn't know it was going to be five and a half years. <laughs> I'll be honest about that. But nonetheless, I'm happy about my single season because there were some areas in my heart that needed to be healed from past relationships. And I didn't want to continue going into new relationships, bleeding on people who didn't cut me. You hear me talking about that all the time. It's because you are going into new relationships, expecting them to pay for the mistakes of somebody else. You're expecting them to correct something that somebody else did and they didn't even do. Or you're expecting them to live up to the expectation that you have somebody that before. And God says, no, that's not what I want. And so for me, I had to go on a journey of healing. And then in that part of healing, which uh, is a word for somebody out there as well, you got to understand who you are. What is your identity outside of a relationship? Do you know who you are? Do you really know your likes and dislikes? Do you really know what it takes to make you happy? Do you really understand how you argue? What is your argument language? How do you um, reconcile problems and issues? Do you really know how to do that in a healthy way? 
Do you really know how to have healthy conflict and then get to the resolution part of that? Or are you just always lashing out in anger and frustration and throwing things and cussing and whatnot? And and then wondering why your relationships always seem toxic. It's not just always the other person. We got, again, spiritual maturity says I cannot keep pointing the finger at other people. I have to be accountable about me and take my responsibility in this situation. I have to be honest about where I'm at and say, okay, you know what? I did play a part in that. You know, with that last person, I didn't know how to control my anger. And so when we would have problems and issues, this is not me. This is just saying an example. You would just start lashing out at somebody. Throwing things. Some of you, sadly, may have even had moments where you were physically abusive or violent to somebody. And thank God for his grace. If you're here, that means God's working on your heart to release that. To, to change this so that you become revived in him and in his ways and showing how to love people. It says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is patient. Love is kind. Love is generous. It's not jealous. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It doesn't command its own way. And so if you're not living by those truths of what love is in God's eyes, then you're outside of that. You got to correct those things. And so... One of the the key important things about singlehood, it's a blessing for you to identify who you are. What is your purpose? What is the gifts and talents that God placed inside of you and that he wants you to birth in the earth? What are your goals? What are your likes and dislikes? What does it take to get you going in the morning? Don't say I'm not a morning person. No. What does it really take? That's a cop out. I know because I used to say that. I used to be like, I'm not a morning person. I used to schedule everything after 11, <laughs> even my classes in college. I would schedule everything after 11 because I was like, uh-uh, I am. Don't ask me to be somewhere at 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to do it. But I had to understand when God set me down and allowed me to experience in my Joe Wilderness season, a season of just complete singlehood. I had to realize it's not that I'm not a morning person. It's that there are things I like to do in the morning that I used to couldn't do because I wasn't intentional about me. I wasn't taking care of me. And I'm not saying that don't be a caregiver for those of you that might be a caregiver. You're like, well, I got to take care of other people. No, but understand if you need you time in the morning, see that that was me. And that is me. (laughs) I need me time in the morning. Everybody knows by this point, my now in my life that, uh, that, that uh, are significant to me I let them all know First thing in the morning when I wake up Is my time with me and the father Do not disturb It's on my phone Do not disturb It's on my door Don't bother me in that moment Don't bother me until I'm ready to say Good morning <laughs> Because I need that time I need to get me together. I need to worship with the father. I need that time to get my thoughts together. Then, you know, forget trying to figure out what to do today. Can I get my thoughts together? Because how many of you know when you wake up, you kind of groggy a bit. So I got to get my thoughts together. Let me get my mind juices working for a minute. Okay. Then I got to get my prayer going with God. Then I get my praise and worship with God. Once I take care of all of that, and that's in the process of also just, you know, showering, brush your teeth, eating breakfast and all that. Once I do all that, Baby, I'm a, a a glass half full 
actually glass full pouring out on you. I am full of joy and I'm at peaceful and I'm ready to tackle any of today's assignments and problems and issues because I've had that me time. But many of you out there have never even taken the opportunity to find that out for yourself. What do you need in the morning to get going? Don't just say your coffee because why do you need the coffee so bad? And if you don't go to the coffee, you feel like your day is ruined. Because understand this, when there's days that I get up and I don't get a chance to get my praise and worship in, my day is still not ruined. Because before I even got out of bed, when I woke up, I woke up with prayer in my heart. My mind started praying. Even if it was just a simple thank you, Jesus. Because like I said, I might be groggy trying to get my thoughts together. But at least because I opened my eyes again, I say, thank you, Jesus. Now let your will be done today and not mine's. Amen. And then I get up and then I'm able to continue when I get out of bed, able to continue the rest of my day. But even if when I, when I get out of bed, you know, problems arise right in that moment. Okay. But I've already had at least that brief, brief second, millisecond, minute, two minutes, three minutes with the father. So I'm still good. Many of you, if you don't get your coffee, you are nasty. You are mean. You are horrible to people. Over some darn coffee? <laughs> no, boo, you got to figure out what you really need in the morning. I guarantee you it's not really coffee. There, coffee is masking something in your life that you really need that you have been neglecting. Figure out what that is. And so when you're spiritually mature, you take that time to appreciate your singleness, to understand I got to get me together. I got to heal from some areas from my past, whether it's childhood pain or church hurt pain or just pain in adulthood and dating and friendships and whatnot. You got to do some healing. And then when you do some healing, then you have to be intentional about setting up some healthy boundaries. Because if you don't have healthy boundaries, you will find yourself back at square one. With people crossing the line over and over and over again. So you got to set up some healthy boundaries. Like I said for me. First thing in the morning. I have told everybody that knows me personally and intimately. Do not disturb me in that first morning hours. When I'm ready to to uh, embrace you. I will. And most of them don't. Like we. You know people I live with. My family. We go about our business. You know first thing in the morning. Everybody their own routine. And then they see me and I'm like, hey, good morning. Praise God. You know, whatever I'm saying to them. And it's like, good morning. And it even makes them feel better because I took time to take care of me. This is why I tell you guys in the beginning, like, have you take care, taking care of yourself? Did you check in with yourself? Because when you check in with you and make sure you're good, when you set that healthy boundary to make sure that you're balanced and you're well and, and your mind is, is good and you're feeling peace and joy and love and everything that you need that makes you happy, then you're able to pour that out onto others. You're able to show up as your best self and they then will receive it. And many times it changes their mood because your mood is full of light. But when you come in with darkness, don't be surprised that that's all you getting back. It's time to become mature. Y'all you grown, get mature. How about that? And so with back to my relationship. So how God started me off in the beginning was uh, he started me uh, off with cutting off a relationship that I was in that was just pretty toxic. Um, though this person wasn't physically abusive, but they were very emotionally and verbally abusive. And so thank God he just helped me to wake up one day and say, you know what? I don't need to take this no more. And so I ended that relationship. But then I had to 
uh, I still had a few old ways in me. So I wasn't really ready. Like I was praying for what I wanted, but I wasn't really ready. And many of you may be there too as well, where you're praying to God for something, but then you're realizing you're not getting it because you're not really ready. You don't have the faith to, uh, or the capacity to hold, um, what you want. And so you got to then work on you to get to that point to uh, be able to hold what you want. And so even though I was praying to God that I didn't want to, you know, continue being um, having sexual sin anymore. I didn't want to uh, be involved with anybody that wasn't my husband anymore. I didn't want to keep going down broken relationship after broken relationship after broken relationship. And so I was like, okay, God, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. But... <laughs> The enemy hears your prayers too, sometimes. And so a test will come to see, are you really serious? God will allow the test to come to see, are you really serious about what you're praying for? Are you really ready to discipline yourself and be intentional about what you're praying for? And so, unfortunately, at that time, I could be honest. When I got out that one one relationship, I thought I was. (laughs) Until a handsome man who looked good on paper came my way he was everything i thought i wanted he worked in ministry he was actually a pastor and i didn't though i didn't want a pastor per se i wanted a man that worked in ministry but i didn't want a pastor but i was like okay you know what i'll give him a try and so he looked good on paper was educated got many degrees whatever uh came from harvard and so i was like okay that's a harvard man okay okay really smart uh and then i realized here i am back into sin Yep, we had sex, y'all. <laughs> Just be honest. We had sex, and it was like, I'm back here again. This is not what I wanted. I did not want to date another person and then be back into sin again. And so, God, so I prayed to God again, and God said, Okay, try again. You stumbled, try again. You repented, try again. And so I tried again, and then I fell into the temptation with an ex. You know, not the, not the ex I had let go, but it was another ex before that. I, I was I would categorize this particular ex as my first love. He came back around, and so I was thinking that you know I've heard other people's love stories that like a second chance can come and you guys get married and happy ever after. And so I was like, well, maybe this is our second chance. And so I tried with that, and then sure enough, it wasn't. And you know what? I'm gonna be quite honest. God will God hears our prayers, and He will send you an answer through anything and anybody. You just have to be willing to listen. And so sure enough, doggone it, I found myself uh, booed up. And I want to say booed up in the sense of laying in bed, though we didn't have sex, but laying in bed uh, one night. And that's because he was drunk, but that was enough time. Um, and so we didn't have sex that night, but we just laying in bed. And through his drunken state, I lied to y'all not, God spoke a word to me through my ex that I was in sin with and was hoping to, you know, get back together with and whatnot. And my ex probably don't even remember ever saying this because he was drunk. He literally uttered out of his mouth, you're too good for me. This is why we will never work. Because you're too good for me and you're going a different direction than me. Baby! If y'all ain't screaming, I'm screaming, okay? (laughs) As you can hear. My mouth dropped. I could not believe I heard what I heard from him. I said, oh, wow. Okay. And it was after that moment, after that night, that fateful night that I said, I'm done. I'm not doing this no more. I hear you, God. I don't want to keep laying next to somebody and crying in the midnight hour because I would do that. 
wondering, do they really love me and the love that I really need? And I didn't realize that was my heart telling me that you need Jesus. You trying to look for it in all the wrong places, looking for it in a man, but only Jesus can fill that void in your heart. A man or a woman uh, for my fellows out there cannot fill that void for you. And so I've had many relationships where I will be in sin and in the late night hour, they didn't know they were asleep praying or, or, or crying or just worried and just like, God, this is not what I want. Even if I couldn't say God's name in my heart, it would just keep saying, this is too, this is beneath you. This ain't what you want. This ain't the life you want to live. Why you keep being here? That's because I was grown, but I wasn't spiritually mature. And so after that faithful night with my ex, I was like, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this no more. And I deleted his number and several other fellas numbers in my phone. Cause all of us got them backup. <laughs> we all got them backup people. Okay. We was like, Oh, they ain't going to take me out on a date tonight. Oh, they ain't coming through tonight. Well, I'm going to call this person. I'm going to text that person. And it was like, you know what? Enough. I am not going to continue to submit myself with this heartache and headache anymore. I'm tired of just being grown. I want to be spiritually mature. And so I deleted those numbers and I didn't look back. And even when the enemy tried to send those people my way, uh, thank God that because at that time I became so disciplined in my walk that when exes tried to come up, even the last ex boyfriend, not the, not the first love, but the one who was abusive, he tried to come back. And I was in the middle of worshiping God. And um, and my mother came and told me, oh, your ex is outside. What do I tell him? And I said, I'm busy worshiping God. And I went right back to worshiping my father. I did not go back to that because the enemy and God wanted to see, are you still intentional about what you want? Are you still going to be um, disciplined about what you're praying for? And so it was a test to come to see, will you go back to that? Or do you really want to become spiritually mature? And so I thank God that throughout this process, he has helped me to stay focused and stay centered and consecrated to spiritual maturity. And so even um, this year, you guys may have heard me talk about this um, throughout this um, podcast season. I talked about it in the last season. You know, this year, 2023, God released me. From my season, five is the number of grace. And so that concluded the fifth year. And God said, okay, you're entering to your sixth year now. This is the time to um, get out there and start dating because I am sending your husband your way. And so I said, okay, God. And so I tried the modern day of dating or trying like online dating and whatnot. That wasn't my cup of tea, but to each his own. And, uh, and I remember I had stumbled upon or rather he stumbled upon me. This fine, another smart, intelligent man that... um wasn't necessarily in ministry per se, but he uh, claims to have a strong faith in God. And so I was like, okay, so again, look good on paper, got all these degrees, he was an engineer. Wow, and fine as wine, y'all. I was like, ooh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, I see why I had to wait. And I thought he was the one, but I didn't realize until I got into it. And thank God it wasn't a long into it, it just was a, you know, um, a, a, a short-term courtship. I realized, oh, this is a counterfeit. Oh, this is another trick or a tech or a, um, a test from the enemy. Okay, yeah, uh-huh, no. And I'm thankful how I was able to identify that was because of because I disciplined myself five years ago, five and a half years ago, rather, to walk this walk with God and to consecrate myself to God and, and to strengthen my prayer life with him and to read and study his word. Even when this new man came along at that time, 
this was, I believe, like end of January. When he came along, I was like, okay, I'm going to still keep staying prayed up. Because I'm not willing to make any move God does not you. I don't want to be sitting here getting close to anybody that is not sent by you, God. And so I continued to stay steadfast in prayer and in fasting because I wanted to make sure I was hearing from God correctly. And I remember particularly praying, God, is this the one? And God literally responded back and said, no. But <laughs> again, I had a little moment, a little moment of relapse. And I was like, okay, well, God, why is he in my life? And God told me, he said, teach him the word of God. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to teach him. And then we're going to grow closer together and whatnot. Because I had, and I didn't even realize at that time that there was still some stinking thinking in my mindset that thought that, oh, well, a woman can change a man. Not necessarily. The man's job is to wash the woman with the word of God. His job is to be the head of the household as Christ is the head of the church. His job is to lead you closer to Jesus, not the other way around. And so I, and this is all biblical, by the way, guys, go read Ephesians 5. And so I thought that, okay, well, um, I'm going to do this this way, God. And then one of these times I'm going to pray to you and you're going to say yes. And I lied to y'all not. Each time God said no. So much so that God, said, God, God got to the point that he said, stop asking me. I've already given you the answer. And when I heard that, baby, I said, okay, enough already. And I also, um, have been consecrated to a spiritual mentor. You guys heard me talk about it before. And so with my spiritual mentor, I also let her know that this new guy was in my life and that I liked him. I let her know about him and whatnot. Showed him his picture, uh, showed her his picture and everything. And so she was praying with me as well. And so she was like, okay, well, you got to be obedient to what God says. And so, like I said, it was a short courtship, a couple weeks. It didn't last that long um, because I had to realize that, you know what? I cannot continue going forward if God keeps telling me no. If God's telling me no, I got to turn back and and repent and pivot. And that's what I did. And I had and I let him know. I said, listen, I am sacrificing this at the altar. God is saying no. And I understand that you feel this and you feel that. And he came with all types of excuses as to why I should continue and why I shouldn't listen. And that's when it was even more clear. Okay, this is the enemy. Because you know it's the enemy when they are questioning what God says. And that's what I felt like he was doing. Which is so funny because you're supposed to be a God-fearing man. But yet you're questioning God's instructions to me? Uh-uh. And and that's because he did not, not only was he a counterfeit, but he did not hear from God himself. He had no prayer life. He had no ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord was saying. He had no personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. So he couldn't even lead me anyway. Because he had no direction. Without a vision of people perish, as it says in Proverbs. So he couldn't lead me the right way. We would have perished. So I knew, okay, yeah, this is even more of a... Um, if I ever need more confirmation from you, God, this is confirmation right here that I got to dead this thing. And so I did it and I ended it and I thank God. But that hasn't stopped me from saying, okay, God has better in store for me that God, you have my husband on his way. I walk around here now like uh, I'm a wife. I'm already claiming it. I'm already believing that what God said is so. My faith is walking it out. So now just a matter of time before we uh, we're on a collision course. And it's just a matter of time before I collide into my promise. 
But you got to get to the point where you're where you're spiritually mature, where if God releases the word to you, you can then get to this point where you walk it out and believe it by faith, knowing that you've already received it and that no devil in hell, no tactic in hell, no trick or attempt from the enemy in hell can take away that promise that just like me had I been still spiritually immature after I broke up with that guy or rather stop talking to that guy because we weren't really in a relationship we were just courting as I stopped talking to him I would have felt like okay God I guess you lied and I guess the promise isn't going to come to pass I'm not going to be a wife no because I had grown into spiritual maturity to believe that God's word will not return to him void he made that promise in Isaiah 55 11 and so if it's not going to come back to him void, then that means it's still on its way. It wasn't him, but it's still on his way. It's just a matter of time. And so I want to give you, um, I want to give you another scripture of first Corinthians 18, first Corinthians, uh, chapter 18. I think I want to go to 18. Actually, no, I don't. I'm sorry. Let's do 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at the 18th verse. Sorry about that, guys. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at the 18th verse. And it says this, the wisdom of God. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven. and It is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles, also known as the Greeks, say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans and God's weaknesses is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit God made him to be wisdom itself Christ made us right with God he made us pure and holy and he freed us from sin therefore as the scriptures say if you want to boast boast only about the Lord and so I wanted to read this again to help you understand 
The wisdom of God is the most important thing you can ever embrace in your life. This is the spiritual maturity that comes from the Holy Spirit. You want this wisdom. It will govern your life according to God's will and not your own. But if that's not what you want, then you continue being grown folk. You continue doing things in your own way. And you will continue to experience warfare. And so before we go, I told you I would go over this. So um, there are three types of... Of healthy trigger doors and um, what you need in order to maintain and that will help you provide clarity, insight, revelation, wisdom, knowledge, understanding with these trigger doors. You need God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ. This is the Holy Trinity of wisdom. You need all three in your life if you are looking to go through the doors of opportunity. Alongside the above. You also need to implement these key people in your life. And uh, these may be first time you're hearing this. I'll explain it when I get to the trigger wars uh, in a second. You need a spiritual mentor or a counselor, an accountability partner, excuse me, a prayer warrior, and a support team or support group. These people are crucial because they will help you stay the course and they will help you attain and achieve your goals. They will help you to be accountable and disciplined on your journey of faith, on your journey to your promised land, your promised thing, your door of opportunity that God has in store for you. You need these. You need these core people in your life. So you have the internal of the Holy Trinity that are walking and guarding and guiding you along the way. But then you have earthly vessels that God will use. This is the spiritual mentor, counselor, an accountability partner, a prayer warrior, a support team, a group. And understand this really quickly. Your support team or group are not going to always be people that are your friends. The support team and group's sole purpose is to be people that are elevated than you. What does that mean? That means that these are people who have already um, been where you're trying to even get to or they're on the level you're trying to achieve and so they're able to give you insight and wisdom and knowledge and help you to avoid the pitfalls that the enemy will bring your way because what's the saying new levels new devils and so they're where you're trying to get to so you need to surround yourself with them don't surround yourself in the support team or support group with the people that's already on your level that's your friends Birds of a feather flock together. They're your friends for a reason. They're on the level you're at. But you're trying to get higher. You're trying to do you're trying to get to spiritual maturity. In order to get to spiritual maturity, you need somebody who's already mature in the spirit. Not people that's still like you, that's a baby. Uh, or having milk stage of faith. This is why some of you have been in church for years and generations, and you got friends. Um I don't know if you guys heard that. That's just some noise going in the background, but we're not going to get sidetracked from getting this word. Anywho, um, you know, some of you that are maybe seasoned saints, as you know, some elders like to be called or like my spiritual mentor likes to say. And so you have been um, you've been walking with God for like 10 or going to church for 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years, but you have never seen real spiritual maturity or real growth. And that's because you surrounded yourself with the friend group that you first got there when you arrived there and you sustained that. And so you didn't surround yourself with anybody that was higher than you that would teach you and train you and push you to grow. So when you stay there, you can't go higher. 
It's like a lid. It's covering and blocking you from going higher. So this is why you have to make sure that your support team or group are of people who are on the level that you're trying to get to. And so when it comes to the three types of unhealthy trigger wars, there are certain categories and certain ways that God will help you to um, deal with these, these triggers as you grow to spiritual maturity. Number one, and they all need the Holy Trinity, but each one will require different people in the earthly realm to assist you uh, in your life. And so when it comes to the first uh, unhealthy trigger war, which is triggers that remind you of painful experiences, you need, this requires, first of all, intensive therapy and inner healing, which will ultimately help you set up healthier boundaries, have better personal relationships, and will cause you to have a better outlook on people and the world. And so the therapy team needed for this will be, or the squad that you should be putting together rather and, and searching for needs to be a licensed therapist, a spiritual mentor, a counselor, support group. I told you who the support group are. And of course, like I said, you need um, the Holy Trinity. Then there's the second trigger triggers that remind you of who you used to be. You need, this requires therapy in a different way. And so you will need a life coach and or a spiritual counselor. And then of course partnering with the Holy Spirit. Because when it comes to triggers that remind you of who, who you used to be. As you're trying to grow from grown folks to spiritual maturity. The enemy will try to knock you off your chariot. The enemy will try to come and remind you of who you used to be. By saying, mm, well then you used to sin. Then you used to do this. Then you used to do that. Remember when you was uh, sleeping around. Or hoeing around. Or drinking and, and driving. Or doing drugs or whatever. But the people your life coach, your spiritual counselor will keep you accountable to going forward and drowning out those lies of the enemy to remind you of how far you've come. So don't get to teared at this moment because you didn't arrive at the place you wanted to arrive yet, but you've come so far. So don't fall backwards because you feel like, well, here's somebody reminding me of my past, reminding me of who I used to be. And then the third one is the triggers that can potentially cause you to backslide into sin. And when it comes to this, you need an accountability partner. This could be your spiritual mentor or counselor. Or like I said, it could be uh, somebody else who uh, has done the work. They're on the level that you're trying to achieve. And so this, this person can help you stay focused on going towards that goal mark. You need to, of course, continue to partner with the Holy Spirit, who is your helper, your advocate on the earth to continue moving forward to a spiritual maturity that God has in store for you. And then it also could benefit having the support team because the support team, again, they are higher than you as well. And they're there to be like your cheerleaders to continue supporting you and pushing you forward. Now, unlike an accountability partner, they may not have all necessary tools needed to continue to pour into you and teach you, but they can, because they've went through it, they can at least keep cheering you on. So they may not always be there to um, give you advice like an accountability partner will or like a spiritual mentor will but every now and then they could sing you in a word of encouragement or a song or something to keep you going so you need these people in your life to continue to support your your faith on the journey and by utilizing these groups you will help set up for yourself healthy boundaries and you will then be able to achieve your personal goal of spiritual maturity don't continue staying stuck as a grown folk any longer it's now time to level up 
and to level up to spiritual maturity that God always intended for you to be. He never meant for you to stay at milk stage of faith. He always wanted you to get to the meat and potatoes stage of faith, to dive deeper and anchor yourself into faith in Jesus Christ, knowing his voice for yourself so that you don't even need to ask somebody to pray for you. You can pray for yourself. And you can then hear God's response for yourself. You can see God's confirmation for yourself. You know how to study his word by yourself. So you don't always have to need Bible study groups to help you. That's at the beginning. But like Paul said in the scripture, you should be at a stage where you're able to teach other people. But you got to get to that point first. So it's okay if you're starting off as a grown folk, if you're starting off as a child in faith. A child spiritually immature, but grow up, continue pushing forward, setting up these um, groups that I told you that will help you along the way. These partners, these prayer partners and warriors and people that will help you be accountable on the way so that you can maintain and achieve your goals, maintain what you've established thus far and then move forward to achieve your goals efficiently, accurately. They will also help pray your strength in the Lord when the enemy comes with the text. And they may even have strategy for you because they've already been where you are. They've, they've already been on that level and they've progressed since then. New levels, new devils. And with new devils, that means you need new strategy. So I pray this message stirred your faith. I pray it gave something to think about. I pray that you will no longer continue going in the way you're going, but that you will level up with spiritual maturity so that you are able to fight off the enemy's tactics in your life. Go read our anchor text. This is your homework in a sense. Go read our anchor text again. Galatians 5, 19 through 26 and Ephesians 6. 13 through 18. Remember to keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body, the flesh is weak. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord our God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give his shalom, give his peace. Take care. Bye now and oh, real quick before we go. Um, if you want to invest into this ministry, Agents of Revival, and what God is doing in my life, you can check the description and click one of the links in the description. Or you can go to Venmo app or the Cash app and find me at Andrea Griffin Rogers. And you can donate whatever God puts in your heart to donate. I'm not going to ask for a dollar sign amount. Whatever God places on your heart to, to pour into this ministry. Know that what you give... Um, is going to this ministry to help continue to give you uh, more uh, podcast episodes and, and products and resources to help you sustain your faith and to help you continue to grow to spiritual maturity. So um, go do that if God places it on your heart. And if not, continue to be intentional and consistent about your own healing. I pray your strength in the Lord as you go on your journey. Take care. Bye now.